A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his hero. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. Hello again after a long hiatus. This is Ken. I am known as Rice Cube on the Twitters and the Internets. And with me is super fan of the Cubs, Paul Zine. You might know him as Crawley. How are you doing, Crawley? Uh, you know, every year this weekend is my favorite weekend of the year. But as I get older, it gets tougher to keep pulling it. But I'm going to keep uh, going all out until I can't anymore. Yeah, uh, eventually you'll become a crazy hat lady or prepared statement guy. Actually, you never really prepare a statement, but, you know, you're articulate when you ask the questions because I know you always ask a question like once per panel. Yeah, <laughs> eventually the guys are going to get sick of you, but uh, so far, you know, they just kind of have to deal with you because you keep giving them money. <laughs> then, you know, hey, look, here's the thing about Cubs convention is – it's an interesting, you know, it's John McDonough's baby, you know, and this idea of the interaction with the fan, with the players, with the owners, with management, it's something that when it came out was revolutionary and unique and nobody would know, you know, nobody knew at the time how well it would work out and to have been going for 30 plus years now, not me personally, but the convention, uh, you know, here's the thing, you got questions you know, they're in a position where they're full of room. Now, many of these guys are really good at tap dancing around. And that's why I do take a lot of time crafting questions mm. because you got to try to make sure you don't give many wiggle room, any outs, yeah. but uh, you know, I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? Uh, what Joe Madden's favorite kind of pasta is. If that's your question, you're just wasting all of our time here. Yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's kind of find things out here because as fans, you know, uh, it's our right to know. You know, when you buy a ticket, when you watch a game, when you buy any shirts, you're contributing to this. So, I mean, we all have a stake in it. That's what being a fan is. So why not ask a question that's worthwhile that people would be interested in? Yeah, that's fair enough. And, you know, I, I think there are a lot of pretty good questions this weekend. And uh, to their credit, they were able to to answer them or at least, like, stay in the room and act you know, as professional as possible. Uh, I guess I should address what happened to us uh, since the last time we recorded. Well, uh, I moved to California and got myself a job. Yay. <laughs> so <laughs> so I am gainfully employed, and that's exciting, uh, just working towards getting established, getting a house, and, uh, you know, continuing my career as a scientist. And unfortunately, I'm no longer a teacher, but you probably noticed that like just about everything in the country that is involved in education, uh, it's yeah. pretty bad right now and everybody's striking and that's not cool. And it's not a function of teachers being bad. It's just that they're not getting a lot to work with. And that's very unfortunate because this is our kids' future. Yep, I mean, uh, you know, I, there's no profession where having the best people is isn't any isn't more important. You know, when you think about education, this is the, our future doctors, our future engineers, our future you know lawyers, our future everything. Let's make sure that the people training them are of the highest quality. Yeah, and even if you're you say, well, whatever, stick to sports. Well, these are the same teachers that have to pull double duty. If they're unfortunate, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna have to hold on for one second. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, they're uh, fixing some stuff in the house, electricians, and I want you upstairs and not down here at all. So I got electricians here today. I got painters here today. It's insanity. So should be good for a while now. 
So we are back because uh, Crawley had construction season in his house, uh, kind of like a mid-season rebuild of sorts, kind of like the Toys right now. <laughs> Correct. This is our own 1060 project that we have going on here. So uh, under construction, we got the hard hats on, so we should be good. Yeah. Uh, you're going to build like another 1914 club or whatever they have? Yeah, yeah. The Catalina Club, the 1914 Club, the Maker's Mark Club. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll have enough to afford Harper when it's all done. Yeah, and uh, you get yourself your own man cave. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. Yeah, and anyway, we, we were talking about uh, the getting out of Chicago, which, you know, in, in a way was not the most ideal thing because we loved uh, hanging out in Chicago. And uh, we were in a nice neighborhood We on the south side, and kid was having fun, and now the entire family's mad at me. But it's just one of those things that happens. Uh, and we're trying to make the most of it. So right now, you know, I finally got a job, yay. And the wife has a job, yay. And the kid's in a better school, so we're going to make the most of it. But most of you don't care about me. We care about the Cubs, so let's talk about a little bit about the Cubs uh, being a little skimpy on the budget and also uh, the Cubs convention, which you went to, Paul. So how's that for a plan? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. That sounds good to me. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us Yearning for tomorrow. All right. Once upon a time when we were looking at this offseason and the fact that the Cubs were trying to stay under the luxury tax, we thought, hey, maybe they're going after Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and everybody else. And they don't care about the luxury tax because, you know, you're going to make that back, back that money in droves uh, if you win the World Series anyway. But... That's not materializing, and what's going on? You know, that's really, I think, the toughest part of this offseason to swallow is is that, I mean, everybody was already buying their Cubs-Harper jerseys, you know, last year. You know, this was already a foregone conclusion. His dog is named Wrigley. He's best buds with Chris Bryant. The Cubs need, I mean, if you take a look at the offense, the power offense, usually when you talk about corner outfield spots especially, you know, you're looking for some big power numbers, some home run numbers. And luckily our infield has been the one that's kind of been helping out on that. But as you saw last year, especially when Brian got injured, if you don't, you know, when you have those no power coming from the outfield, and honestly we had a power outage all over the place, but especially the outfield, the corner outfields, those are where you usually have your big boppers, you know, whether it's the corner outfielders or the corner infielders. But we're just, like I said, Jason Hayward, you know, the thought is that, you know, and not to, you know, he was, he's been doing okay, but, you know, he's not producing that type of power that you, when you look at the guy, he's built like a brick house, is 6'5", 230, absolutely ripped. But, you know, the homer numbers aren't there. And then, you know, everything in left always kind of seems to be platooning. So it just seemed like an area of need. It looked like the right guy was there. And another thing about Harper is his on-base percentage is always really good, which is another issue where the Cubs have, you know, when they struggle, especially offensively, that's, that's what you see is they're not drawing walks. And so, you know, everyone thought that that was going to happen. And now that it's not, it's been frustrating. And the other thing that we're hearing for the first time ever that I remember is budget. I, I, I hadn't heard that in the Theo regime. Obviously they started out going cheap the first couple of years and, and trading guys and trading contracts and getting draft picks. And that all worked out great. But once we signed Lester prior to the 2015 season, all of a sudden you started to see the Cubs be players, you know, on every single big free agent, their name was just being tossed around. So whether it was getting, you know, later on, they ended up getting uh, Zobrist uh, later on that, you know, just other guys that they needed to get Darvish, they were in on Otani. They were in on a whole bunch of free agents every year. And then this year, uh, Tom Ricketts says, you know, we're not the Yankees and we don't have a TV deal like the Dodgers. So we're not the Yankees or the Dodgers. And when he bought the team, that was always my vision. That was always my dream, man, is that one day we would be like the old Yankees, but with smarter money, not just stupid money. I mean, you can throw money at whoever. It doesn't matter. 
but I figured with Theo in charge and with the Ricketts checkbook, I figured there was nobody that could stop us. I wanted to be the evil empire. I wanted to be the ones that got whoever it needed, whatever it takes, and everybody rolled their eyes when that person announces they're going to the Cubs, and that just hasn't materialized this year. It's the first time I've ever heard it. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's kind of important to understand that uh, they're not necessarily being cheap, but they're not spending anymore. And uh, the budget already is projected to be at least above the first luxury tax threshold. It right. probably might go above the second one as well. And right. uh, there's rumors of, well, we got to move Ben Zobra's contract. And I'm just like, no, man, you don't want to do that because he's the only guy who actually kind of hit last year uh, uh, in addition to Rizzo. And, and plus, can play a lot of positions and is a fantastic clubhouse leader. Yeah, exactly. And then I was thinking, well, maybe they don't want to give up the draft pick because they, Bryce Harper has a qualifying offer, so why not get a Manny Machado? And that goes into the fact that you don't have a lot of depth in the infield, and there's a whole Addison Russell issue, which we don't want to dive into because it's crazy. But <laughs> I, I kind of felt like, well, Manny Machado got traded, and so he doesn't get the QO, so why not just pay him the – hundreds of millions of dollars and let him play shortstop for a little bit before you bump him off the third or something. And, and put Chris that, Bryant into left. Yeah, and that, that hasn't happened either, and it's probably not going to happen. And I think you have to appreciate that they are going to spend a lot of money. It's just that they're not going to spend additional money, and they're also extremely transparent about it. Like when, you know, a lot of the guys like Bleacher Nation and Cubs Insider and, uh, you know, the media were saying, hey, the Cubs are probably not going to spend. They they were not hiding anything. They were just literally giving you the signs. You know what? You're not going to spend. You know as much as I do, man. It, it's hard because people sometimes don't want to hear that. And so, I, you know, everyone knows I go Cubs Con every year. And everybody is swearing up and down that they're going to make a big announcement at CubsCon that they're going to start in Harper or Machado. And I'm like, guys, you think that Scott Boris cares about Cubs convention? I know <laughs> we all do, but you think he's keeping it big under wraps for a big reveal? It happened one time at Cubs convention. It happened one time, and I've been going for many, many years, where Kerry Wood was announced, where Pat Hughes, you know, wait a minute, we have, uh, it's Kerry Wood, and everyone went nuts. Yeah, that was yeah. Kerry Wood at the end of his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and Kerry Wood was never, ever what people thought he would be. He was never a top-tier marquee free agent. You know what I mean? So these guys yeah. are not going to do that. The other thing I keep having people tell me is that, well, Theo's laying in the weeds. Theo's just being quiet. Why would he give away his strategy? And, the, and to that I replied, when you've been, if you watch Theo, he doesn't say anything. Yeah. When he's in on something, it's those guys plug up leaks. They have nothing coming out. And so it, I would be happier if I heard nothing from the Cubs. But then, you know, now all of a sudden, I'm, I, again, Theo has been nothing from transparent, nothing but transparent from day one. So I'm not saying Theo, if Theo says we're not going to spend, I think he made a comment of there's no fish that we're going to get that's in our pond or whatever. No, he's not. If he's saying that, this is not some elaborate ruse to come in and swipe these guys while nobody's looking because they're sleeping. No, that, that's not going to happen. If he's yeah. saying it, that's what he means. So my, 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 for any Cub fans still holding out for Harper Machado, I'm not saying never. I'm just saying highly unlikely, highly unprobable. Yeah, I think uh, I'm in the same boat as you. It's just, well, yeah, we, we can hold up hope, but uh, that's just what it is right now. It's hope. And really, uh, for the most part, I've, been on record as saying I'm okay for about 10 years after that World Series because that was ex incredibly unexpected and it, it was a pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed that year. And then, you know, the entire planet and the world kind of went to hell after that, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it was worth it. <laughs> well, here's the thing I'm going to tell people too is, you know, those of us that lived in Illinois and, you know, all, you know for many long years, there's always going to there's always been this concept of the Chicago Bears, the 1985 Super Bowl champion Bears. And that was at one time the greatest sports moment in Chicago, obviously until the Cubs won. But all of a sudden, a couple of years after, once that afterglow wears out and you can look back to it from a historical perspective now, there's a lot of people that said, "You know what? That should have been a 2-3 championship 2-3 championship dynasty." 
Yeah. There should have been more from that. And there's always kind of, as much as we'll always love the Bears and the Super Bowl shuffle, it always felt like they could have done more and didn't. And that's the fear that a lot of us, I guess, older Cubs fans that lived through the Chicago Bears championship uh, in 85, that's kind of the fear here that, I, you know, I was one of those. Just give me one before I die. Just one. I want once. I don't care if I'm 99. Just let me see the Cubs win once. And I got it. Great. But now all of a sudden you sit there and you say to yourself, boy, one's good, two's better, right? So yeah. why not Why not go for this? And it's hard. Nobody is saying it's not hard. And nobody's saying the Ricketts don't spend money because you and I both know. They have. They do have a top three payroll. They do have – they have been spending tons of money for improvements around the ballpark. But at the same time, baseball is a fickle sport, man. You know, that window – closes and it closes real quick and the next thing you know could you have spent something to just push yourself over the top and you're looking now the cubs have a lot of money coming off the books in the next couple years yeah they're going to be opening up two new two or three new clubs this year they opened up the 1914 last year they're having an additional i believe three clubs next uh next season uh they own pretty much everything other than those uh new condos they own almost everything surrounding the ballpark. So there's right. revenue streams that this team has never seen before, in addition to a TV contract uh, that's coming up in 2020. Now, I don't know how, you know, the finances and Crane did not and could not, he said, talk about that at CubsCon. And that's where a lot of the question is. But that's what a lot of people are wondering, too, is, okay, maybe this year you do bite the bullet. Maybe you get up to the second tier. I don't know. But at the end, you'll be back under after the, that money gets wiped off the books next year. Right. And so you want to sit there and, 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 and be frugal this year. You know, if Daniel Descalso was your big signing, does that fix an offense that only scored one or zero, one, one or zero runs in a quarter of their games? I don't know. I can't really answer that, to be honest. But uh, at the same time, I, I don't know. It's like uh, the team, as constructed, should be good. It, it's an uh, emphasis on should be. And – we, I, I think as fans, we don't want to be complacent, and we know the players themselves aren't complacent. But we want them to just say, you, you know, we're not happy with just the one World Series. We want more. And I think we see that, but we didn't see the same urgency on the field. Like, they have the kind of attitude that they're like, yeah, we know we're good, we're confident. But then at some point last year, the offense broke. And what I saw Theo said is that he doesn't think it's going to be broken permanently. And I do believe that, but why not hedge your bets? Why not say, okay, we know that these guys are good, but just in case, because we actually have money and we make a lot of money, we charge like, what, what was it this year? Like $120 prices, you know, there's, there's a lot of different price tiers depending on where you sit. So, you know, whether if you're in the upper deck, lower deck, and or if you're uh, infield, midfield, outfield, there's tons of tiers. Right. But it is, when you add it all up, it is the highest ticket price in baseball. Yeah. And how much did you guys have to pay for the uh, convention passes this year if you didn't stay at the hotel? Because year... with taxes and everything, it came out to 135 That's crazy. Okay, because I know the year after the Cubs uh, won the World Series, they jacked it from like 60 bucks to 108 and it was just like what <laughs> nearly but, uh, doubled the price right and then the year after it became 120 so this year it was 135 you said i'm saying after taxes it may have okay. been 125 after but then you got to pay 10 uh, percent chicago luxury tax and amusement tax and etc so you know once the taxes and stuff are all included you're looking at about 135 mm-hmm. yeah that's that's pretty insane but the point is they they have fans who are willing to pay this money. And <laughs> one, one of the things that I, I keep reading is that ticket prices are not directly tied to the player salaries. And that goes into what you were talking about with the, the TV deals and the, and the clubs and whatnot. So I, and don't I feel, forget the, don't forget the concerts. Yeah. Revenue, revenue generators. I mean, th- th- this is a, these guys are smart and they have, They've, they've found every which way conceivable to add considerable additional streams of revenue. So, like I said, we're, we're not the Tampa Bay Rays here. Yeah. And from my point of view, like, if I know that these guys are making a buttload of money and they're willing to spend it on things, 
I would almost prefer they not spend it on clubs and whatnot and spend it on the guys on the field that we actually pay to see. But as you say, there's a reason why they're rich. It's because they spend their money shrewdly. And so there's probably a business plan and maybe there's something going on. Like if, if this was like Mike Trout, there is absolutely no way whatsoever I think the Cubs and anybody else stays away from Mike Trout. But we also said that about Harper and Machado. So who knows? Maybe there's collusion. Oh, no, that word. Uh, maybe they they just decide it's not worth it uh, in the do grand you, scheme did of you, things. You remember that before this all started, there was talk that maybe Bryce Harper would be looking at a half a billion dollar contract. He might still get that. that, yeah. I don't think he's going to get that. I don't think he's going to get that at all. And if there was a team that had that offer out there, it'd be off there. But if you're only talking about two teams and a mystery team, maybe three, well, then you don't really have a lot of bargaining chip. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see that happening. And so, you know, the question for me that I take a look at is let's, let, let's, let's just say, okay, the clubs putting money into those, uh, Catalina clubs, 1914 clubs. It is important too, from a business standpoint, because that's going to be a huge money generator. That's going, and then that money will hopefully go towards players' contracts. Um, but the other issue is, is let's say the Cubs say, okay, you know what? We like what we got. Harper and Machado. Everything's good. Fine. Okay. You know what, Theo? I trust you enough. But then you're going to tell me that we can't get a solid reliever. Is everyone really comfortable with Brian Dunsing coming out of the bullpen or uh, Brandon Kinsler? Carl yeah. Edwards kind of has his moments where he kind of loses it. I don't know. I don't think the bullpen's a strength like Joe talked about prior to CubsCon. That's a that's a very big concern. And Brandon Morrow, you saw it last year. And I think Theo is pissed at Joe for using him, I think, because he over three games in a row, which is when he they thought he got injured. But look, man, I don't want a closer that I have to worry about frequency. I want a closer that when – you know, the game's on the line. He's able to come out no matter what. And I think that he's so fragile. I just don't, I'm not really comfortable with that idea. So you got no right. bullpen. you got no backup catcher. Wilson caught more than any other catcher in baseball last year. And you're just, it just seems like a lot of names are starting to fly off the market. What are you going to be left with? Right. And uh, I, I guess you don't really want to trust Caratini to do the backup job full-time, at least not yet. Uh, you're trying to wonder, well, they – what was it? The A's got, or who who got Jonathan Lucroy? It was like a really cheap deal. Yeah. That, that, Luke, that would have been amazing. Right. There, there's Lucroy that was off the market. Uh, there's two McCanns. Uh, you know, there's a lot, there was a lot of guys that I would say, okay, this is, this is what you need is somebody, you know, like you want kind of nothing against Victor, but uh, Caratini, but you want somebody that kind of has some age, some experience. Uh, Wilson's a great guy, but defensively it's, tough to watch yeah uh, or, i mean not defensively i'm sorry pitch framing yeah so the pitch framing the receiving skills is what i look at and i'm just like yeah and there's certain pitchers that the cubs have you know especially darvish i'm thinking about or Hendricks. john lester doesn't matter give him the ball he'll throw it but the way that i think that Hendricks and Hendricks never complains and he seems to be able to throw whoever but i think like a guy like darvish whose stuff is just kind of all over the place you know, I think you need a guy that's able to receive and try to get those extra strikes for your pitchers. That really adds up over the course of the year. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if you had that veteran catcher, kind of like a David Ross or a Miguel Montero, like back when Wilson was coming up, that they were able to kind of help him smooth out the edges. But now you don't even have that. You basically have Wilson for 150 games, and then Victor Caratini gets to play every now and then. And that's obviously not good for him health-wise, durability-wise, and it's also not good for him development-wise. Like you're learning on the fly without a proper mentor, like what you're going to do. Yeah, so hopefully, like I said, that, that's I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes in. Is not the Harper Machado. We all would love that. Who wouldn't love to have Harper Machado on the team? You know, and you have your team Manny and your team Bryce. But in general, everyone would be absolutely off the wall. I think for the hardcore baseball fans – it's all, it's not just that, but looking at the improvements that need to be made and aren't. And, and like I said, you know, Tyler Chatwood killed this team last year, Tyler Chatwood, he's not starting. So you want him in the bullpen. So now you've got uh, Chatwood, Dunsing, Kinsler, who honestly, 
I'd be absolutely fine not seeing enter a ball game ever. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just wouldn't. You know what I mean? So you're telling me you got three guys in your bullpen right now that absolutely, and a lot of the bullpen guys that we have are contact guys. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. They pitch to contact. And when you talk about a bull, you know, that's fine if you got a starter and he can throw those, you know, induce a lot of ground balls and stuff like that. Nothing like that. But when you're talking about a bullpen, you want swings and misses. Right. Because every time a ball is hit, every time you have contact, you have that potential for, you know, whether it be a home run or even just a RBI single, whatever. I want swing and miss stuff. And I don't think we have a lot of those guys in the bullpen. Right. You got, uh, you got Carl, you know, who can have some really devastating stuff. But like I said, control issues has always been the knock on Carl. You got Morrow, who has a history of injuries. You know, who else is your, you know, C-Sheck was overused so much last year. He's a really good clo- uh, bullpen piece. But I don't know, like Joe, because of Chatwood's horribleness last year, and, and even some of the other starters weren't going deep in the first half, you saw a lot of the guys that were solid kind of lose some stuff towards the end of the year. Right. And uh, I, I was bandying around the idea of the Yankees because the Yankees don't have the best rotation, but they just, like, bought themselves a Super Bowl pen. Maybe they should go with the opener strategy. I don't think the Cubs have to do anything like that because they do have a solid five at this time, uh, not including Chatwood or Montgomery now. Because uh, what what do you have? You have yeah, you got Lester, you got Darvish, you got um, Quintana, Quintana, and then you finally have you. Did I say Darvish? No, Cole Hamels. So they bought Cole Hamels knowing that they had a budget issue. So I guess they had a plan in place and now they're, they're basically built on hope that uh, the offense will unbreak itself. They got the new coaches and everything, uh, new philosophy. Joe Madden is like being quasi motivated because he's a lame duck and who knows, maybe <laughs> he just retires after this year because he's old, but yeah, let me go on that. Let me go on that real quick. Joe is, you know, if you want to talk about old, he's the youngest old man I ever seen. And yeah, I think he, if the Cubs are to get rid of him, it would be an absolute huge mistake. I don't think they're going to get rid of him, to be honest. If that's the case, if they are not going to get rid of him, you, if you look, when I was talking earlier about windows, yeah. pretty much everybody's up after 2020. Right. Okay. So you have the 1919 season, which we're, or 2019 season, which we're about to enter. And then you got your 2020. And after that, you know, between these next two seasons, a lot of the guys, a lot of your World Series heroes and stuff, they're going to be gone in the next couple of years. There's going to be questions about who's going to, you know, and then you're also going to have other guys that are going to start hitting arbitration numbers that are higher. You're going to have guys going to start hitting free agency. So that's where I kind of talked about this window of contention. And for me, you know how the media is, especially, you know, Chicago sports media, every time Madden calls in a guy and the guy gives up a home run. Joe, are you worried about your job in question? You know, th- these type of things hang over 18. If you, they have every intention of signing them, do it now and just end it right now so that the talk doesn't start and it doesn't become a distraction. Right. And if they're money conscious, then, you know, if Joe wins a World Series or if Joe takes them to the CS again, is he going to ask for more money than they're going to be comfortable with? Because you had your opportunity to come up to Joe and say, hey, we really want you to stick this out here. We're going to add a little bit of money to your salary for 2019, 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just kind of extend it. You could do that. But now if all of a sudden, like I said, Joe has a really successful year. And again, you're talking about the a Cubs manager who has taken the team to the postseason every year he's been here. What else do you want? You tell me who your replacement is for that guy. I'm all ears, but if, if you know, I, I think that I think that the Cubs are such a unique franchise that there's not a lot of it's not it's very difficult to comp. You know what I mean? You could say, yeah. well, look what the Astros did, or look what you know so and so did, or the Angels, or whoever. You could pick whoever you want. There is a very under the microscope pressure boiler feeling in Chicago. A lot of Cub fans. And I, you know, I try to always kind of tell people, hey, man, you know, long season, you got to kind of grind with it. Yes, there's going to be good and bad. Every team's going to win 60. Every, te- every game's, team's going to lose 60, you know. You can't get – oh, and I think Joe does a fantastic job of keeping that team rested. I think he does a fantastic job of keeping everybody even keel, not letting the highs get too high, not letting the lows get too low. And I've sat through a lot of managers, man, and not everybody can do it. It's not as simple as it sounds. Yeah. 
I think he does a good job handling the pressure. Sometimes he says stuff that could rub people the wrong way, but who doesn't, right? And, right. And uh, the important thing, I guess, is to make sure you you kind of atone for that at some point and just re- re- recognize that you said something wrong. But uh, that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it goes into, like, I've been uh, doing a lot of binging of old shows. Uh, I'm a Trekkie, and so I've watched a lot of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. As you know, uh, Commander Sisko, who later became Captain Sisko, and his son are big baseball fans. And you learn that despite the fact that the writer was a big baseball fan, they killed off baseball in the year 2042. (laughs) The batter is then called out regardless of whether the ball is subsequently caught or not. That seems simple enough. An attempt to bunt, however, under the conditions noted above, which results in a fair fly, shall not be regarded an infield fly. So we are about 20 years out of 2042, and this is going to be an impasse where the owners are making money hand over fist, and yet the minor leaguers aren't seeing a lot of that money. And now you see that there's a squeeze on free agency, so that that even established major leaguers aren't seeing the same money. You can call it analytics. You can call it collusion. But there's going to be a fight coming up in uh, 2020, 2021, because the players realize, oh, you know what? This is like the second or third winter in a row where we haven't seen the money that we think we deserve. And there's something very, very terribly wrong with that. We got like half the, half the league, if not two-thirds, like actively tanking. And how do you fix that? And uh, this this is one drop in the bucket of problems that I think we're going to see coming up. Yeah, and it's, you know, again, if those of us that lived through the uh, strike in, what was it, 94, 93, 94? I want to say 94. You know, I mean, that almost killed baseball. That almost killed baseball. And I would hate to see them be as stupid to try to run that risk again. Uh, the Sammy Maguire home run chase in 98, a lot of people still argue that saved baseball. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people, oh, yeah, I was at the Kerrywood 20 strikeout game. You really look back at that video, that park was empty. And you, you don't think of Wrigley as ever being empty, you know. I mean, it was a, you know, there weren't a lot of people in attendance of that game. So you want to sit there and hope that somehow you find another Sammy Maguire miracle that attracts people back to the game. You know, MLB has a lot of both the owners, the players, and just MLB in and of itself have a lot to do to start to keep the passion in the game. I don't think they're doing a good enough job as is, and a strike would just absolutely be devastating. Yeah. So from an aesthetic point of view, like I love home runs. Uh, I, I will posit that right now like there there is no question everybody loves home runs but what we're seeing less of are doubles in the gap and you know beating out infield singles and a lot of the things that you you love to see because if you put a ball into play you're more likely to see an athletic play if it goes over the fence nobody gets to play it like you you might see a highlight of a fan you know bailing over the bleachers to get the ball but you you right. want to see Jason Hayward diving across his body to get the ball you want to see Javi do like any number of Almago things but you're not going to see that as much if you know there's there's too much power does that uh, make sense yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is the three true outcomes, you know, home run, strikeout, walk. And, you know, strikeouts are fine and everything like that. No one's complaining. And I've I've been to games that have been insanely high scoring, and I've been to great pitchers duels, and both are enjoying. But, but like you're talking about here, it's one extreme or the other, but you're not seeing a lot of action on the field of the ball being put into play unless it's a home run. Yeah. And so you, it it does, you know, the question is, you know, there's a lot of talk about banning the shift or, you know, who knows, you know, it's, it's, but the point is, and, and, you know, a lot of the guys talk about launch angle and getting the ball up and trying to get that home run. And, you know, I, I it's, it's, it, you do want to see action. You want to see guys running around, you know, how many people, whenever you see a double in the gap with a guy on first is everyone, 
every single person in the stadium pretends to be the third base coach and starts waving their arm around to see him, you know, run, you know, make it. And, and you see less of that and it makes for a less satisfying product. Yeah. I mean, it's still fun. It's just that we are actually hardcore fans. We enjoy baseball, no matter what, like the casual fan, you want to bring them in. You want to have them see like every inning at least, you know, well, I... one awesome play, but that's not going to happen uh, with the way the hitting philosophy is these days. Yeah. And, 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 like you said, me and you, we're hardcore fans. We grew up the game. We're, you know, I don't want to say we're old school because we, we're we not anti-analytics or we're not goose gossage here. No. But um, <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the same time, it is a business, okay? It's a sport, but it's also a business. And I was at, like I told you, I was at CubsCon this weekend, and some little kid, I think it was during the operations bit with Crane Kenny, you know, was talking about, the game is boring. They're too long. And, you know, you're in a room full of hardcore baseball fans, you know, and a lot of the adults were booing this kid. And, you know, I heard some comments like, you know, go back to your PlayStation or something like that. But here's the thing, guys, we're going to be gone one day. And if that next generation, if you're not drawing in those fans, the younger fans, if that's what the fans think that it's too boring, you better pay attention real quick because they're going to be the ones that are going to be consuming the product next. Mm-hmm. So whatever you can do to generate interest in the game, to make it more, I guess, digestible, to market your uh, young stars better, you got to figure it out. And one of the things a lot of people don't like about MLB is the draconian restrictions to every single thing that they do. You know, these cease and desist and take this video down. You know, a lot of these kids do consume and, and are interested you know, when you and me were growing up, it was Sports Center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or maybe if you're you're older, the George Michael Sports Machine and all these kind of stuff that you used to. That's how you would get your information. But nowadays, it's different. And you know, I, I'm sure you know, Rice, that you follow uh, Pitching Ninja. Oh yes, um, absolutely. You know, obviously, who doesn't love Pitching Ninja if you're online? And you know, he actually for a while they told him to take his stuff down. He got there was a complaint. And uh, MLB looked into it and said, yeah, you need to pull your stuff down. And there was a lot of players, coaches that really love pitching Ninja, and they were able to work and negotiate something out with him. But it shouldn't have to come to that, that, you know, that the players and coaches and the uproar caused them to kind of change their mind and allow pitching Ninja to continue doing what he does. And so they need to start to take a look at stop being between the blackout restrictions, which is about the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Um, You know, these, the tightness with which they run social media. If you don't have the NBA is a great model to look at of allowing fans to share, you know, content that people want to see, you know, why would you prevent people from giving you free advertising of your own product? Right. And uh, from my point of view, if you just uh, loosen up the reins on, on, on the restrictions a little bit, you're going to make back so much more money and goodwill and new fans coming in that it's going to o- just overshadow what you would have made in the short term. Like, right. I, I think a lot of these people are looking too short term and right. just saying, like, how much money can I get from you now, 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 not in the future, if I do this, this is how much more money I could get. That, that's right. it, what it, you it, see. And, and again, you have a lot of probably older people that really don't understand what's going on making some of these decisions instead of the people that are really tapped into what the youth market is. And as you know, someone who grown up, who's grown up near Chicago my whole life, I'll never forget the Blackhawks were never on TV. Huh. You know, that was Bill Wirtz. And Bill Wirtz was an old school owner. And he truly believed that why would people go to the game if they can watch it for free on TV? Uh, Bill, you ever hear of advertising dollars on TV? But let's not go into that. But the point was there was a whole generation of Blackhawks fans that unless your parents were hardcore fans, you got no exposure to the Chicago Blackhawks. And it wasn't until uh, Bill died, Bill Wirtz died, his son Rocky took over, and John McDonough of the Cubs came over and Right away, they started TV deals and, and, and promotions and getting fans back into the game. And that's what, like I said, you, you know, baseball can choose to keep doing what they're doing. 
but you, the young fans are the ones that you're going to start losing out on. And once that happens, when you lose generations, it's tough to get that back. Indeed. The beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. Uh, let's uh, segue real quick. You actually went to the Cubs convention this weekend, as you do like just about every weekend uh, <laughs> in January. Or well, yeah, well, you know, they only do it once a weekend. They should probably do it like several weekends in a row, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, there was a Cubs convention, and uh, you went. Uh, when did you actually arrive at the hotel this time around? I always usually I usually stay right out. Uh, I have a friend who lives real close by. Uh, the Sheridan, which is where it's held every year, and then I just make my way pretty early in the morning. Okay, so you you just uh, crash with your friend instead of staying at the hotel? No, I'm at the hotel Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, and check out Sunday. So I check in Friday morning and check out Sunday. Okay, but I, you you know I, I'm running around so much and I have so much going on. I got to be at the hotel, and at the hotel is where all the action is. You don't want to miss out on that. Absolutely. And you said, I, I think you, you walked by on like either Wednesday or Thursday and people were already in line for something. Yeah. The Cubs charities have what's called a, a meet and greet. Okay. And so it's $300, which you may say, wow, that's a lot of money. But for $300, you get two autographs. A person gets to come in with you and a picture with obviously the top tier uh, players and manager, you know, so you can get a picture, you know, two people walk in, each of you get an autograph with uh, Chris Bryant and a picture with him, you know? Yeah, so that there's makes sense. Different, there's different tiers of uh, autographs for those people that like to get autographs. Actually, four now. So there's like four different types of ways to do it. And that's a guaranteed one. But the trouble is, is so let's talk about Chris Bryant. Let's say you go to a fanatic show. They have the Chicago Sports Spectacular coming up. They have it about three times a year. Mm -hmm. uh, the next show is in March. But if you want a Chris Bryant autograph, that's going to cost you anywhere from two to two fifty. Right. Now that's not including the entrance fee into the show. So when you talk about being able to get a picture and two autographs for three hundred, that's a way better deal. So it, it's a, for people that are collectors, autograph collectors. It's just the the best value you can get. And plus, uh, proceeds are going to charity, right? As you said. Correct. Proceeds go to Cubs charity. So kind of if you want to make you feel good about yourself, but there's a there's there's two different kinds of things going on. Well, I don't want to say two, but maybe but the two main, fa you know, factions that are at CubsCon are those that are hardcore, loves all the panels. And there's those that are all into the autographs. So you have those two different factions that usually meet up. So that uh, Cubs meet and greet, is, you know, people start lining up Thursday, usually around noon is when they do that. And they spend the whole night there. That's crazy. Okay. Well, I mean, that <laughs> is pretty similar to what happened when, like, the Xbox came out. And, you know, you see people lining up, like, several nights in advance in front of the Target. And then, you know, only three of them get an Xbox because it was so short, you know. Yeah, it's funny supplied. because I walk in on Friday and you see some of them are starting to get a little bit stir crazy. They've been around there a while and, you know, everybody hopes and, and you want to, you know, there's only, I think, like a limited amount of lines. So it's not, everybody can't do it. I think each player has anywhere from like, I want to say 15 to 25 maybe spaces that you can write your name and pay up. And once those spaces are gone, that's it. Yeah. Okay. But how about the actual things that you you wanted to do like you went to the opening ceremony. How was that? Um, I would say it's just, it was a little low key uh, this year, compared energy wise compared to years previous. You could kind of feel that, and the vibe is that you know it's just a little bit, uh, just wasn't the craziness that we've seen the last few years. You could t definitely tell that there was a little bit of slight air of disappointment, in, you know, that was permeating throughout the crowd. Um, I don't know if you know, but I broke a story on my Twitter at Crawley's Cubs, no E in that, uh, and uh, that there was going to be no Rickett session. Yeah. And so that the way that the convention usually works in the past is that you would usually in the morning, it would start off with the Ricketts from about 8 to 9, and then Theo and Jed would come out from 9 to 10, and then Joe and the managers would come out for uh, – from 10 to 11 and then you'd have various other panels going on and then 
I got a tip that there was going to be no session with the Ricketts. And that was the one that everybody on Twitter was buzzing about. Like, there's a lot of questions that we all want to ask. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, that's always been the beauty of CubsCon that I was talking about earlier is accessibility, the ability to be able to ask questions, Mm -hmm. hard questions. And, you know, in a room full of fans, you're going to have to answer to the music, whether it's positive. Like I said, after the World Series, I may have been one of those guys gushing and crying and thanking the Ricketts for everything that they did. At the same time, you know, there hasn't been a ton of negative since the Ricketts have, you know, mm-hmm. bought into the team. They, everyone was transparent. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the best guys in here. We're going to clean the house. We're going to remodel Wrigley, be good neighbors, all the same stuff. But now all of a sudden, there were a lot of questions that people wanted to ask the Ricketts. There were questions about uh, the signing of Daniel Murphy based on comments he had made in the past. There were questions about Addison Russell and the handling of the domestic violence. Uh, There were questions about the new TV contract and the connection with the Sinclair group. And there was also a lot of questions just about various things that people were itching to ask. And then all of a sudden, like I said, it's, uh, you know, usually they release the schedule on Friday. I got an advanced copy of it on Thursday and uh, I think I broke the Ricketts story on Wednesday. I can't even remember. My days are getting all mixed up now. But, yeah, you know, you sat there and you said, wait, why would they come every single year that they owned it and now not show up? The one year that everybody has a lot of legitimate questions and talking about the budget stuff. And so now they're not there. And so that was a very bizarre way to even start before you even walked into the convention to know it felt like they were kind of dodging. Yeah, I believe they – qualified it by saying that their session was one of the uh, least uh, lowest rated sessions and you you could tell that there was a lot of creative editing around the entire thing like the hype video that they showed during the opening ceremonies was pretty creatively edited like obviously we had a lot of high points in the season but then you obviously cannot show the last two games because uh, those were very very bad so, um, and then they qualified it by saying, well, you know, we listened to the fans and we decided, hey, this was probably not the highest rated session, so we'll just do something else and maybe they'll bring it back next time when things die down a little bit. But uh, that's that, it, that's it, kind of a cop-out. It, it was a hard sell, and those of us that – and I talked to Crane Kenny specifically about this week, and I said, you know what, Crane, I'm not going to call you, you know, say you're lying or you guys are lying or anything like that. All I'm going to tell you is I don't know. I don't, I don't look at your data because there is a survey that's going to be coming probably within the next week. Hey, what do you like about Cubs Convention? Please rate this. Please rate that. I've never heard anybody that um, – I've never heard anybody say, no, I don't want to see the Ricketts. You know what I mean? And not only that, there was a lot less sessions this year than there were in years past, and that was uh, made you scratch your head. It was kind of like, hey, wait a sec, man. Why – um, there was a whole. There used to be a whole set of sessions in the Lowe's Hotel, which is adjacent to the Sheridan where it's held. So if you were a season ticket holder, you got a special band, and that special band would allow you to go into the sessions at the Lowe's Hotel. And when you go into the Sheridan, I mean, obviously it's, it, it's got a huge kind of ballroom area, and you have thousands and thousands of people in there, you know. And in the Lowe's hotel, the sessions would be really, really intimate. You know what I mean? Like nice mm-hmm. chairs and just very cool and not a lot of people in there. Maybe like, maybe like 350 tops. Like that, I think that'd be the high end of the projection of what I think would fit into that room. And you were, everybody was really close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whereas you could be at one of the other sessions in the Sheridan and you could, you're, you're actually watching it on a big screen projected because you can't see it that well. You can't see the guys. You know, and, and a lot of those are standing room only, whereas at the lows you could go and, you know, really kind of almost like it was just a lot more chilled. And so that didn't happen. So there was a lot of like, OK, no rickets, no, no lows hotel. You know, it just it just seemed like it wasn't there. And, and this year, usually there's multiple sessions in, you know, throughout the whole thing so that, hey, let's say the one place is full. You can go somewhere else. You don't have to sit in standing room only this year. There wasn't from. The first session, I want to say, was nine in the morning. So it was right, the, and that was Theo, or that was Joe, and his managers were the first at nine in the morning. But from nine until twelve o'clock, every single session was in one room. 
So there wasn't multiple options for you to go to. So that was kind of tough too. Yeah. And would you, I imagine that you would have gone to Cubs convention no matter what, but would you say that you got less this year for your book, despite the fact that they raised the price than previous years? Yeah, definitely less bang for the buck, especially if you're a season ticket holder or even if you're not, you know. I mean, let me let me put it this way for you, is that if you're a Cubs fan and you're sitting here, and if you really are a hardcore baseball junkie and a hardcore Cubs fan, you'll always go to Cubs con. It's, it's, it's the one time where all of a sudden it's kind of like we're getting the band back together. The players are all coming back together. I have friends that I've made. That's how I ran into you and Ano and all these years back people that you've met friends that you've made it's always just a fun fun time mm-hmm. you know but it's it's very similar to a cubs you know what i mean like how can you go to wrigley and not have a good time regardless of what team they put on the field or you know how competitive you know i've been going for years you know and then you know we're living in the golden age of cubs baseball uh there's a lot of years where the teams just sucked you know yeah. it wasn't the greatest product on the field but still man just going to the ballpark drinking a beer hanging with a friend keeping score shooting the breeze, that's always worth it. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, I'll always love going to Wrigley, and I'll always love going to a Cubs game. But it's also a million times better when you've got a really good product on the field and it's fun to watch. Yeah. So same thing with CubsCon, man. I'll go there and I'll always have fun and meet friends. Some people that I see, they're from Iowa or whatever. It's the one year time of year I get to see them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just sat there and just said to myself, hey, you know what, I'm going to have fun, which I did. I'll always have fun there. But again, you can make it better. And I think sometimes when you, sometimes when you're so into these surveys, uh, you're a Simpsons junkie, you know, Uh, that classic one with uh, itchy and scratchy where they get poochy in there. You know what I mean? They're trying to focus, focus, group it out. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, like maybe it did hear from somebody, but maybe the people that are answering the surveys are a small select group. A lot of people probably just delete it. Right. You know what I mean? Or what about the people? You know, I, I don't know how they're looking at this data or what they're doing, but it just seems like, I don't know. I feel like you could pick 10 people that are hardcore CubsCon junkies, put them in your room, and we could figure this shit out and make it make <laughs> it just an, an amazing experience that people would be really into. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I kind of wish that I was a small, smaller, again, like it was my birthday, couple of days ago so now i am uh i am an old as well but uh i I see like you know clark the cub and a bunch of kids diving into into like the little foam bricks against the backdrop and i'm like dude i want to do that yeah i I got a picture of myself doing it i don't know if you saw that one uh i'll have to hunt it down but uh yeah it 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 looks really fun like you know open up more (laughs) of the hotel for just let's play stickball and like let's break a light or something, you know. That'll be fun. But, and here's uh, a caveat: is some poor girl I think broke her ankle or something in that pulpit. So if you didn't do it this year, you may have missed out. Oh man! But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw lots of other cool things too. Like uh, they, uh, I think uh, on Sunday morning, Jason McLeod was talking about the pitchers that were coming up. Uh, Crane Kenny, did you go to the business session this year? I always go to the business session. The business yeah. op sessions are always that's something. Crane does a good job putting it together. Um, you talk about this, the clubs and uh, the talk, bid for the 2021 All-Star Game. Is that what's going he on? He did. He talked about that. Yep, 2021. Um, he showed kind of the progress that's being made uh, at Wrigley with the 1060 project. You know where my season tickets are. Um, uh, I'm in the first row up by where the Cubs bullpen used to be, but uh, kind of like in between the left fielder and third baseman is where I sit in the first row. Um, there, This is the year that finally for us, the changes are really going to help us out that are in the upper decks. Um, there's, they're going The concourse from foul pole to foul pole, you'll be able to walk around the outside of Wrigley, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the past, there was only one concourse for all these people, for half the stadium to get out of, which right. can lead to just, it's just really uncomfortable to get out, you know, it's, yeah. especially if you're not a big crowd person, like it's literally shoulder to shoulder, front to back. Everybody's trying to kind of shuffle out of there. Um, the restaurant selection has just been absolutely, uh, I went to a Cubs White Sox game this year. My wife got tickets from her business and, uh, you know, I hadn't been there since, uh, 
I think it was 2007, 2008, the Michael Barrett. I was at the game where Barrett punched Brzezinski. Uh-huh. So I had I had not been to uh, uh, the Salar Guaranteed Rate or whatever they call it now. I haven't been there for years, but we were there. And I got to tell you, man, the food, the drinks, the stuff for the kids, you know, it was a lot of – it was a good baseball experience, and the Cubs won that day. So, you know, and they ruined uh, Hawk Harrelson's last called game. So it was just a wonderful day for me. Um, <laughs> but to have that food selection, the beer selection, you know, it does you know a little bit of envy that goes on in that regard. So this year, um, if you've been out to the bleachers recently, you know the restaurant selection is really good. Whether you're talking about hot dogs. Or they have Asian fusion. Well, they got a little bit of everything plus the same stuff that you're used to with hot dogs and nachos. You know, you can do that. But if, if you're somebody that goes to maybe more than one or two games a year, you know, there's only so many hot dogs you're going to want. You know, on <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You may want to switch it up a little bit. So it's going to be nice. Like I said, Wrigley has just this gorgeous view of the city. Um, and for us in the upper deck, there's a patio right behind the press box. And you just would just get a great view of what the city looked like, but that was just this tiny area. Now this year, you're going to just have a lot more space, a lot more restaurant selections, those type of things, which is going to be really nice. Um, the other big talk is that this is going to be the first year that the Cubs will not offer anybody paper tickets. Yeah, okay? I saw that. So you can get – they've been running it off, and this is all MLB has been running off the at-bat program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – you know, um, with the at-bat program, your tickets are digital. But the question is, there are still some people without smartphones, okay? Um, you know, and for the older people, it's a little bit tougher. I have older friends, older Cub fan friends, and it's not that easy to just whip out a phone and do it for them. It takes them a couple minutes, you know, and and it's it's tricky. So the transition is going to be tough, and Crane and the ticket people have talked about how cutting down on fraud and stuff like that. But if you want to get a ticket a paper copy you're going to have to pay like five dollars extra so um for season ticket holders it's a little bit of a disappointment because it used to be fun like every year around middle of march you get a package from the cubs and you know hope you know i'm always at work so i gotta run over to fedex and i gotta pick up my little sticker and go to fedex and you know you just get this box and you're shaking like a kid on christmas morning and you open up and the cubs would always give you all these presents plus your books of tickets that came in like these books. And it was so amazing because it could be artwork. It could be old pictures. You just never knew what you got, and it was fun to have. And so, I've, you know, I collect tickets that I of games that I've gone to, the hard copies. And, like, I have the ticket stub from the David Bodie uh, Ultimate Grand Slam versus the Nationals, you know? And it's just something to say, like, like when you look through them and you kind of, there's certain games you don't remember anything, but it's fun. Like I said, just look at the picture and the art and now they will offer for you if you want. So let's say something great happens. Maybe there's a David Bodie grand slam game next year and you were there. You can buy the ticket, but it's just going to be like the same generic style that you would if you went through the box office at Wrigley day of game. You know what I mean? Oh, Which is basically says, yeah. you know, Cubs versus nationals this time. And it's like green. It's just going to be that, but it's like the artwork and the thought process that they put into it is going to be gone, and that's what's going to be hard for me. Right. Uh, just out of curiosity, because they are building all those luxury clubs, do you, uh, let's call them, here's the crazy rich bastard level of season ticket holders, and then there's you. You're You're more like the bourgeoisie. Do you ever <laughs> get a chance to actually sneak into those clubs and – for a fee and just take in an experience without actually having to brush elbows with said rich bastards. No, I do not. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe one day if they had one day for all the fans, maybe yeah, for like, over the end of the year, but uh, no, 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 I've, I've gotten to see it. Um, like I said, the Ricketts have done so many great things. That's why I hate the way that this has kind of played out this year. But right. one thing they have is what's called season ticket holder day. Mm-hmm. And that's where they let you run all over the park and go crazy. Um, and so that's a lot of fun. And so they do let you go in and look. You get to look and see what it looks like. You can't go on the bar table or anything else. But I've gotten to see what they look like uh, mm-hmm. in person. So um, it looks really nice. It looks really beautiful and here and there. And trust me, uh, boy, I bet that comes in great on a rain delay, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, hey, man, I'm happy where I'm at. I just like being in my seats and chilling and 
you know, maybe one day someone will, you know, I'll go with someone or maybe one day I'll find some cheap tickets if someone's trying to get rid of them at the last second. Yeah. But, uh, boy, oh boy, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, you know, like I said, it's, everybody's trying to maximize, maximize your, uh, revenue generators. You know, I wish it could be, you know, Hey, everybody's equal here at Wrigley and anybody can get any seat, but you know, that's not how the world works. And so, you know, all I care about is, and my main point of contention is if you are generating this revenue, I want to see you put a ton back on the product on the field. I don't want to hear we got a budget. (laughs) I don't care. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm sorry. I believe that's fair, and it's a kind of unfortunate that they don't have a peasant day for all of us uh, not-so-rich people. Uh, I know that, for me, uh, it's going to be very difficult for me to get back to Chicago this season. I'd like to go next season, maybe. But uh, this season, I'll probably have to go to the newly named Oracle Park for the one uh, series that the Cubs come out to San Francisco. I don't believe they visit Oakland this year because, no, maybe they do. No, they don't. Because, oh, Oakland's uh, coming to Wrigley. Yeah, because uh, it, it it was the West uh, this year for interleague, but unfortunately, yeah, the Oakland series will be in Chicago, so I won't get it to double dip this year. But uh, sorry, sorry, brother, but I'm excited about seeing the A's come in because that's the last major league team I have not seen play at Wrigley. So once they play, I'll have seen every team the Cubs all, play every team at Wrigley. All twenty nine. The Expos, yeah. Yeah. So 30 when you throw the Expos in there. So this will be the last one I got to see. So I'll definitely be at the Cubs Oakland series. Yep. And it should be a good one. Um, Through the good times and the bad times, we stood beside you every day. Till now our dreams have gone on Yeah, I think uh, that's it for this edition of the Dreamcast. Hopefully I'll get time to do more like I'd love to uh, do another Dreamcast with my buddy Anno Catuli. Then he and his wife are expecting their first little little cub. Uh, it's going to be a girl. I, I don't know if you've seen his uh, gender reveal, but it is going to be a girl. So yay! Yay! Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to his mom, who you know she she had her birthday around this the same weekend and this would be his birthday present to her but uh she'll she'll probably enjoy it and up in heaven or yeah well, you know you know it's it's um one of the interesting things is whenever uh you go to a hospital and I've had a couple elderly relatives pass away mm-hmm. the whole throughout the in the hospitals around me where I where we have gone and I've had relatives that have passed away and whenever um you're there they also play a uh, rockabye baby every time a baby is born within the hospital. Uh-huh. So you'll be at the hospital and you hear da, 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 Sounds like that. It's just like a 10, 15 second clip. And it, it's just kind of an interesting reminder of the circle of life and how all that all works, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, you're right. Ano's mom was just a fantastic person. I would love talking to her at CubsCon. Like I said, that's where I met all you guys years and years ago, back in the Hilton days at the Cub convention and it was her birthday present, and I believe the last Cubs con she went to, she was so happy because she was able to get a David Ross yeah. autograph baseball, and it was her baseball, her ba- her birthday baseball, and that was, <laughs> you know, like I said, a great woman. You know, she raised a great son, and and like I said, you know, sadly she's no longer with us, but now Ano's going to start a new generation of Cub fans, and and and, and the beat goes on, you know. Yep, and hopefully they get to experience the same joys we did. So you can find Anno at WSDreaming underscore Cubs. Uh, he unfortunately like had to surrender his season tickets, but uh, I'm sure you'll find him at the ballpark every now and then when we can find a cheap one. Like I can't, you know, once the Cubs started getting good, I no longer could get those dollar tickets anymore from, from the school. <laughs> But uh, you, you're still a season ticket holder, of course, and we always enjoyed hanging out with you in your seats when yeah. you know the crowd spinned out and we were able to wander. So where can we find you on Twitter, sir? You will find me at Crawley's Cubs, C-R-A-W-L-Y-S Cubs. Um, you can also find me on Instagram on Crawley's Clubhouse. Same with Facebook, Crawley's Clubhouse. Same with YouTube, Crawley's Clubhouse. So we're kind of got all different mediums going, and I will have videos 
from many of the sessions mm-hmm. uh, up close and personal. So if you didn't get to CubsCon and you missed out on whatever and you're, you want to kind of go back and hear what was happening, go to YouTube. You'll find it, and I'll have links also on my Facebook and Twitter. So whatever social media floats your boat, I think we kind of got everything covered. So like I said, give it a shot, take a look, and uh, you can also go to our website, www.crawleysclubhouse.com. We got a lot of different north side baseball apparel for anybody that's interested word and uh are you you're still in the same 400 section right or did they have to move you due to the renovation i was not moved but the they changed the numbering system which is going to be a pain in the butt for the workers and for longtime cub fans but for those mm-hmm. people that are going to the park for the first time it's going to be kind of easier to navigate yeah because they're changing from the one to whatever to, and the 101 to 101 whatever Thing, right? yeah, not only that, but 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 it's it's more it's going to be based on rows too. Mm-hmm. So different rows. So like like where my seats are in four hundred six, eleven, and twelve, right next to it is one eleven, one twelve. So you may have four seats that you bought, and they may look completely different, but you're actually right next to each other. So it's just going to be easier to navigate. But like I said, for those of us that have been doing it for so long, it's just change is always a little bit difficult. <laughs> Well, uh, change is happening for me as well. I will, like I told you, see the Cubs in San Francisco for at least one of the three games. I think it's three. It might be four. I think it's only three. But uh, we'll find out, and uh, uh, hopefully I'll have pictures from that one. But uh, you can find me at Cubic Snarconia. Uh, I'd like to thank Rich Deanna for our theme song and Randall Sanders for getting us the radio call from Pat Hughes the final out of the world series. That was great. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Crawley. It was uh, always fun to talk to you and uh, yeah, I'm glad you had a good time at the convention, even though it was a little bit subdued. Hey man, you know me, when it comes down to Cubs, it's always fun. So I hope everybody enjoys this. And if you see me at the ballpark, always come say, Hey, I always like meeting new fans and making new friends. All right. All right, and uh, we got spring training coming up in less than a couple of weeks now. Uh, I think no, it's it's actually just a little bit under one month now. So yeah, for pitchers and catchers, so we're getting yeah. close. Yep, and then uh, it's going to be a countdown, and we'll see if any of these free agents sign, and if the Cubs decide to improve marginally or just hold their cards and hope for the best. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a dog fight, but hell, you know what? Let's see what they can do. Yeah, I think it's more fun that way anyway. Like, uh, especially when you look on the social media and you see people freaking out that the Brewers are only like half a game behind you instead of 17 games. And just like, you know, it's not like they're going to lay down and die for you. Nope, you gotta if you wanna beat be the best, you gotta beat the best. So that's all you can do. And with that we'll say go Cubs and thank you for listening. Go Cubs. All right. It's more than just a game.